0: Hey everyone, thanks as usual for listening to our show. As usual, check out our Twitter at Madness and check out our website if you feel like doing some good reading, midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's MidCourt Madness, we are going to talk all things college basketball. Let's go! who's your winner oh i have so many winners my
1: first winner the big news out of college basketball this week at least from an on-court you know player movement perspective it's it's that's kind of dominated a lot of the conversation right There's all these transfers all these freshmen committing the five stars uh, we're in it's kind of commitment and announcement season we're kind of living in an announcement culture uh, my winner is duke basketball not getting Patrick Baldwin. Patrick Baldwin, the five-star recruit, top five uh, kid based out of Milwaukee, uh, had Duke, Georgetown, and the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee in his top three. That is a blue blood, I think. Wait. So it's a very random choice, right? Yeah. Opting to play for the Horizon League school, Milwaukee. If, if people don't know, and, and I would assume everybody who cares uh, knows at this point, uh, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee is coached by Patrick Walden. Pat, Pat, Patrick
0: Waldwin? Wal- Baldwin? Oh. Is it, is it like the Tom Brady thing when he was suspended and the Patriots signed a Dom Grady who had a mustache? Dom the Grady. <laughs> <laughs> They're coached by Patrick Baldwin, number one. So the, the dad, Patrick Baldwin. Yes, the f- original
1: one. The kid's dad is their head coach. Gotcha. He decided to, he opted to stay home, stay in, stay in the state. Uh, Minnesota could learn a thing or two about, about this kind of thing. Maybe we mm-hmm. just hire the recruits' dads all the time. Yes. But uh, he decided to do that and spurn uh, joining the, the brotherhood. Spurn joining Georgetown. Uh, really, the, the 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 talk was that he was either going to go to Duke or he's going to go to Milwaukee. And now you're thinking, uh, wait, if you'd have gone to Duke, I mean, how is Duke a winner if they didn't get a top five recruit? He's a winner. Let me tell you why. If you were to go to Duke, Duke would have Paolo Manchero. A lot of people think he's he's like the number like one or two recruit. He's a small
0: forward, correct? Big man. Is he a big man?
1: But Manchero is okay. Big, big, uh, big physical power forward. They would have Patrick Baldwin, top five recruits. They'd have two top five guys. Baldwin's more of a swingman, kind of two guard, three. He's like 6'8, 6'9. Yep. They would have Trevor Keels, top 20 guy, five star. And they would have, um, they've got some returning guys, Wendell Moore. And they would have a fourth five star, and I can't remember the kid's name, but they would have four five star top 20 recruits. Okay, not to mention. You're bringing back Mark Williams, seven footer, mm-hmm. who's going to have a ton of hype. I bet you going into next year. Wendell Moore, who didn't maybe take kind of the big freshman to AJ Griffin, is the other five star forward. What's he renting your t- in that
0: listing top fifteen? Uh he's a five star. Yeah, he's number fifteen. So you have four top twenty guys. If you were to get Baldwin in this hypothetical, I knew this. Is, I knew they had a small forward. It's Griffin.
1: That's, yes, that's what I
0: was thinking. Another kind of
1: a big swing in, yeah. right? Six seven. Yeah. So. You're bringing in a ton of talent on top of having a pretty good roster with Jeremy Roach coming back. Didn't have kind of the freshman year. I think a lot
0: of people. Well, they have Jordan Goldwire. You you can't get by Jordan Goldwire. He's gone. Oh, that's right. He left. He Went to Oklahoma. Yeah. I actually, he's kind of a punching bag, but I actually kind of like players like that. he does play good defense.
1: He does. He's kind of, he gives you that slap the floor kind of charm that Duke used to have. Mm -hmm. It, It made them hateable, but charming at the same time. Yeah. Okay, but they're going to have Roach back. They're going to have Mark Williams back. Both those guys were freshmen last year, and and you always love to say, "Best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores." I feel like you invented that saying, right? Wendell Moore is going to be back, who didn't take maybe the
0: biggest jump when he became a freshman to a sophomore. Maybe he'll take the jump as a junior. That's that's unheard of in in Durham. A junior. That's that doesn't happen often. It used to. Yeah. Um, think about all of that talent. With all of that talent, Duke would have been preseason
1: number one. And anything short of winning a national title would have been a huge failure. Now they don't have to do that. No pressure. They're gonna they're gonna be a good team, no doubt. I don't think anybody can deny that they're probably gonna be the favorite in the ACC. They're gonna be a very good team, but but they're not going to have like this insane amount of hype and drama around them. And Coach K doesn't have to fail everybody if they don't win the national title and they lose in the second round to a uh, to a seven seed as the
0: VTO. yeah, like that kind of situation. So. Duke's my winner in a roundabout way. My question on that is, you know, a few years ago I would always see, you know, as a North Carolina fan. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. I'm a North Carolina fan. You are. Um, yeah. The sort of hashtag would be it's like UNC family or Tar Heel family, and then you know they're the only program that does that too. True. Yeah. Duke's rebuttal to that, you know, the brotherhood. Did that just? when did that become a thing? That was, I think, it was at Zion's press conference when Kay. he announced where he was going. So that was like 17, 18. Yeah. And so. That's a new thing. So yeah. I feel like I
1: don't remember the brother. Yeah, I think, I think it was
0: a Zion thing. I don't like it. It sounds so stupid. I know. It's so corny. It's like an Assassin's Creed thing. Yeah. 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 It's, and I've never it played it. I don't know why I went with it. It seems like
1: a pretty sweet game. It the guy has got the hood, but then they became like an Assassin's Creed, like pirate one, like a Civil War one where really? you're like running around with like a musket being an assassin. That doesn't seem
0: like an Assassin's Creed. That doesn't seem like it's a part of the Creed. I don't know. Think about I don't that, know. Maybe that, that was right? when it started. Anyways. Okay. I think this proves that family is greater than the Brotherhood.
1: So blood is thicker than money? Yes. Probably. Money's yes. pretty thin. I could go for more <laughs> of it, though. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of like it. I'm glad the kid – I don't know. Like, people are talking about, you know, is he – are they going to be the best team in the horizon? Is, uh it, yeah, yeah, Milwaukee. Oh. Um, I don't really care, you know. I mean, the kid's probably – he's going to be a one-and-done. His dad's probably – like, a lot of people think he has not been very good at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. So he's probably, he's saving his dad's job, if only for a year, delaying you know, the firing squad. Um, he'll be a top 10 pick or a top, like, a lottery pick. He'll probably play, like, three times all year next year. We'll probably see him. We'll kind of forget about him, kind of like a lot of these G League guys. And uh, and will be gone. But I think it, it benefits Duke because now they don't have to go into the season, rank number one, with a ton of expectations, with ESPN slobbing all over that
0: knob. Yeah. I like it. Time me up. Okay. You got a winner? Okay. I do. All right. Winner. Frogs. Because of your volunteers. They have quads. Kawaii- oh, frogs? I thought you said frogs. No, not frogs. I was like, well, that, you- isn't that, that's a commercial. Frog protection? Yeah. Instead of frog protection? That's what I was hearing. <laughs> frogs. It's kind of like the Titus and Tate, <laughs>
1: the bad guy, bad guy. I can't. Cow guy, cow guy. But I can't tell if they're saying bad guy or bad bad guy, bad guy.
0: I don't know what they're saying. it's kind of what you just did with right the with the G and the D. Maybe when they listen to us, this they'll respond to us and yeah, that would be cool. Anyways, yeah. cuz Tennessee has built up has quietly sort of built up a good recruiting class this year. They started Yeah, the Volunteers. Yeah. They started off getting Justin Powell um from Auburn in the transfer market. Yeah, Average about 12 points per game. Um they did lose their two guards uh Jaden Springer and they're two five-stars, Keon Johnson. Keon and Johnson, and that's the other one. Yeah. But then they pick up uh, commitments from Kenny Chandler, five-star point guard. Yeah. Um, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, five-star power forward. They get Jonas Idu, a center. Yeah, he's like a top 60 guy, I think. Yeah. yeah. And a couple other guys sprinkled in there. But point is... Beat out your North Carolina for that Jonas Idu, if I remember correctly. What's that?
1: Uh, yeah, they were in. I, I don't know how
0: much they're in. I don't I think they just put their hat in there towards the end. Yeah, they don't yeah. need him. No, we cool on him. Jonas, I do. He might. Mu- he just doesn't want to win. I don't. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> but anyways, <Yeah. laughs> Tennessee has sort of quietly built up a good recruiting class this year. Yeah, yeah, and it's sort of been it's sort of been the theme of the SEC as well because. Bama and Arkansas have done the same, so has Kentucky, too. Yeah, these SEC teams are kind of knocking it out of the park from, yeah. a, from a roster construction on paper kind of
1: standpoint. And, and and Tennessee is an interesting one because you're right. I think if you were to make a list of the most disappointing teams in the country last year, uh, Tennessee, ha- I don't know how you can make that without including Tennessee. They went into the year ranked in the top ten. A lot of people thought they were going to really take off. They finished the previous year with with kind of some, some good juice and some good vibes. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of five-star freshmen coming in. You're thinking, okay, let's go. Yeah. And it just never really materialized. They were just kind of like... They weren't cohesive. Yeah, like, I mean, if you could come up with, like, one word to describe them last year, it was like, eh, yeah. right? Lucky wanting more. Yeah, okay. they were just, they were okay. You know, they weren't a truck fire. I mean, they got to the tournament. They were a five seed, which which I, got, I thought at the time was kind of an over seed. And they went out with a whimper. They got knocked yeah. out in the first round, really, and without any sort of drama at all. They got crushed, if I remember right, by by Oregon State. Yeah, yeah that's And... And it just kind of felt like, okay, well, all right. I got. I mean, now how many teams would kill for for a season where you're where you're just kind of solid a lot? But mm-hmm. they just didn't they didn't kind of live up to the expectation. And now they've 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 got a good class coming in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I would caution people who who are falling in love with ooh, they got their big shiny five stars right, which was like stronger. they are freshmen. So we actually yep. get that. And, and especially that Huntley Hatfield, I believe he is a reclass freshman. So okay. you know, I would doubt that he's going to come in and make a big impact right away but it's, you know it, it, do you want five stars or don't you you know be, i'd rather have them than not have them and i think tennessee's got the roster to have another quality season and and maybe if maybe if our expectations last year of tennessee were they'll be okay in the sec and and now they get to there be a five seed maybe maybe the entire outlook is ooh tennessee had a really good year you know I, I think looking through the lens of we expect them to contend for the sec maybe be a final four caliber team failure right it's not going to happen I'm saying last year. If you oh, were yeah, looking right, at right. them through that lens, you know, big-time failure. If you were looking at them last year through the lens of maybe they can be a good team. Yeah. They were.
0: We're a good team.
1: Right? And I think if we look at this Tennessee team through the lens of, oh, you know, they've got some okay guys coming back. I think you didn't mention, like, the recruiting class coming back is good. Uh, that Fulkerson, John Fulkerson, yeah. is opting back in as well. Yeah. Um. And, and he's a, an okay player. Too. They have another Vescovi, Santiago Vescovi, is is one of their point guards who was, who, was yeah, a, yeah. who was a good player. You know, Victor Bailey's an okay player. Josiah Jordan James. I mean, they've got, it's, the, it's the kind of the same thing they had last year, which is they've got a bunch of just kind of solid guys. Um, maybe this Kennedy Chandler, the five-star point guard, can be what
0: Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson were not, and that's kind of a game-breaker because that's kind of what they lacked. Yeah. Well, and then it's one of those things you have to caution yourself when you look at teams that have three-star – three – three, Five stars coming in. It's tough to completely rely on it. Obviously, there's the exceptions. You think of Duke, the year they had uh, Reddish, RJ Barrett, and Zion. They're the exception right there. Yeah, not many teams do that. Right. But I think the difference with Tennessee here is they do have, you know, two, three, four guys with some experience coming back. Yep. um, To sort of rely on and not have to have the freshmen come in from day one and have to be the guys. So I think that'll work in their favor. Yeah.
1: It's also interesting thinking about what Tennessee was a couple of years ago when they had Grant Williams, mm-hmm. uh, Admiral Schofield. Such a great name. Admiral Schofield or yeah. Grant Williams. Yes. Yeah. Admiral Schofield. <laughs> yeah. Grant Williams is kind of a boring name, yeah. actually. But that Tennessee team was a Jordan Bone. I
0: like mm-hmm. that name, too. Bone. Yeah. It's a great name. There's a uh, – It's like Ken Bone at uh, that, like the 2016 presidential debates. Yeah. Debate. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> actually no there's in, a in politics uh, oh yeah fair enough
1: yeah. there's a uh, take a shot um uh, <laughs>
0: there's
1: a there's a boutique in Sioux Falls called bone okay, okay. sells good jeans and stuff really? for women not men do they how do they fit you uh I fill them up I'll okay. put it that way okay you know not a lot of room for the junk but you know <laughs> I've got also junk in the trunk Who's your a loser okay <laughs> yeah I don't have a good point in Tennessee let's move on all right John my loser and, and I, I've really kind of enjoyed kind of trying to twist twist my little winners and losers kind of
0: thing in, in pretzel-esque fashion. It, it's a great thing. You know the great thing about this? Huh? Is you can just take a topic. Each topic has a winner and loser, depending on which perspective you look at it. Kind of like sports.
1: True. When you play a game, one team wins yes, and the other exactly. loses.
0: Except <laughs> when they end up in ties. Yes. Thanks,
1: John Madden. Right? <laughs> my loser is folks who think college basketball is dead. Okay. And my, and my primary uh, source of evidence I present to you is Jalen Green. Okay. Folks who might not know who Jalen Green is. is and he? I know both of our listeners probably have no idea who Jalen Green is. My Jaylen, friend and your mom. Jalen Green. Yeah. Mom, hi. Um, stop snapping me. Uh, Jalen Green is a projected top five NBA draft pick. He would have been a freshman this past year in college basketball. A lot of people say he would have gone to Auburn. Uh 6'5", super silky smooth kind of scoring guard, all the film I've watched on him. He's a pretty explosive, dynamic athlete, maybe a top five pick. Okay. He opted not to play college basketball. He chose to go to the G League Professional Pathway Program, which is this NBA-funded um, in-between uh, high school and professional basketball organization. It's basically like you're, you're an NBA kind of minor league system,
0: yeah.
1: which is what they're trying to set up. And... Uh, it's coached by by an an NBA kind of coach Flameout. It's got the G League is kind of this league where guys who are not good enough really to play in the NBA, but maybe trying still to kind of keep that hoop stream alive. They're still playing. Um, so the G League created a team that is going so to nice. try to poach. Yep, the G League Ignite team. It's based in California. I think it's LA. Uh, it's going to have some professional guys in your, you know, your late twenties, like, you know, grizzled, professional dudes. And then they're going to try to poach these select few highly rated high school prospects. Mm-hmm. And, and with the attempt of just basically, you're
0: going to come in here, you're going to work, you're going to practice and you're going to, you're going to play in the G league rather than go play college basketball. Or the gonna games way that, different. You're going to get that one year requirement. So you can enter the NBA draft.
1: Exactly. Yep. You're going to get your one year out and, and then you're going to go get drafted. And a lot of folks who don't like college basketball, uh, love this. They think, okay, all these top guys, We've never seen this before. We've never seen the top basketball players in the country skipping college and going straight to the NBA. This is it. College basketball is dead. Good players will never go play college basketball again. And for some reason, people love that because there are folks who hate college basketball or hate the NCAA and they can't separate between the two because, I don't know, they're emotional morons. Um, Jalen Green just came out here uh, a couple of days ago. And let me find the exact tweet because I don't want to misrepresent young Mr. Green. He came out with a tweet. That said... You're really building up to suspense. I know. All right. Jalen Green. Here it is. Here's the tweet from young Mr. Green. At Jalen Green. Yeah, you know what? Don't follow him. Screw him. He's going to be in the NBA. We don't care about him. Follow us instead. At yeah. B- at Mid-Court Madness. At Madness. Our stuff can also be found at, at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. That's true. <laughs> anyway. Here it is. Jalen Green. Projected top five pick in the NBA draft. You know, a lot of people... In the NBA draft, the top five picks, it's a lot of people view it as a five player draft. After pick five is when the talent really drops off. Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State, Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga, Evan Mobley from USC, young Jalen Green from the G League team, Kuminga. and Jonathan Kaminga, also from the G League team. Who actually, when we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, I think Jonathan Kaminga is a reclass into the G League. So remember, we were kind of thinking, I, I think I had said something along the way, I don't 18. think you can. I wonder if maybe you have to be eighteen or maybe nineteen. Maybe and maybe he Maybe, was, maybe he was
0: like an older junior. Maybe odd reason. Yeah, who knows.
1: Anyway, neither here nor there. Right. Here's Jalen Green's tweet. I know for a fact if I went to college, it would have been different talk about who going number one. Dot dot dot. It's good though. T h o, comma. I loved the league. Oh, the G. So
0: I don't, I don't. So is he saying that he made a mistake? Going to the G League instead of college basketball.
1: I don't think he's saying he made a mistake. I think what he is thinking, if I allow me to try to get inside the head of, um, don't do it, a, prof, a young professional athlete who's, I think what he's thinking is because I wasn't playing college basketball. The only reason people think Cade Cunningham's going number one because he wasn't going against Jalen Green because no because he was on ESPN twice a week getting exposure. People saw him. It's easier. There's more availability to watch Cade Cunningham. We saw Cade Cunningham. We know who that name is because he's been thrown in our face constantly. Watch Cade Cunningham. We know who Jalen Suggs is, right? Because everybody saw the big shot that he made in the Final Four. Gonzaga was one of America's darlings. Uh, people know who Jalen Suggs is because every time he throws a pass playing for Gonzaga on ESPN two, because Gonzaga gets no respect, um, you know, from a TV network standpoint, they think, "Ooh, Jalen Suggs, shiny toy." We've seen him now, easy, easy fit for everybody who sees Evan Mobley.
0: Same deal playing in USC. How many G League Ignite games were there on ESPN but, this but year? But here's the thing, though. There weren't any. If it's – I'm not saying this is your opinion, like what you just said. But if it was just an average fan doing the draft pick, say, for a number one pick, it could very well be the Timberwolves. Say, if it's an average fan making that pick, they might only look at the college basketball games. College scouts are watching G League Ignite games. You would think. Or NBA scouts. Sorry. NBA, NBA, NBA scouts. scouts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, I don't know how, I don't know what this year's in terms of like COVID has impacted that, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right,
0: which is why the tweet probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I mean, they're also watching international games, so what's, G League and night games, what more is that? Yeah, they're going to be watching those games 100%. Yeah. That's where I'm saying his logic is flawed.
1: I enjoy the irony,
0: because uh,
1: he's skipping college, everyone's thinking, all right, yep, college is dead, and now here he comes and he says, if I would have played college, things actually would have gotten better. Bank drop. Is the NCAA bag them to say that? I don't know if they're really in that game yet. Soon. They are. Maybe. Maybe soon. Yeah. So that's my loser. I like it. People who hate the NCAA. Or not the NCAA, just the people who are trying to assassinate college basketball. But on the
0: if you look at it from other perspective, winner is Jalen Green, maybe. No.
1: No. Uh, the winner is
0: college basketball. The okay. loser is the people trying to beat college basketball. Okay.
1: We'll edit that out. Alright. <laughs> I think we just made perfect sense of that. I like it, John. Do you have a loser? I do. All right, who is it? Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner. Do you know, know why? Him? The old Michigan big guy who people yes. CBS guys uh, pop. They they it's you know the the big CBS crew with with Nance Rafferty and Grant Hill. It seems like every year they choose a player that they just they pop a giant old boner for. And I remember, that Michigan team that made mm-hmm. the big Final Four. It was Moe Vaughn. Everything that dude did, he could throw just like a basic old out, out, outlet mm-hmm. pass after a rebound. And they'd be like, oh, my God, what a pass by Mo! Oh, he plays with such a passion. And, you know, Rafferty's just
0: like orgasming all over it. And <laughs> it's just like, dude, he's good, but come on now. I remember anyway. that year. I think that might have, they might have made the, made the final four that year. I think it was the second round. I had – they upset someone. I don't remember who it was, but I had that someone picked. And I hated Mo Wagner so much because he just went nuts that game. Two week two games later, I think, there was a situation where Michigan could have helped me out in my bracket. Of course. And I think, oh Mo Wagner, he's gonna play great. Shit, shit the bed. Of course he did. Yes. I've always had a hate for Mo Wagner. And that is not why he's my big loser. Okay. Why my is he a big loser, loser? Is because you may have seen Franz Wagner declare for the draft. Michigan Michigan kind of swingman. Yes. He's Mo's brother. The younger brother of Mo. Okay. Did you see his quote? No. So, (laughs) he had a quote on Instagram or somewhere wherever he made the decision. Where the kids are making decisions. We're in kind of a
1: decision announcement culture here, where the announcement is actually bigger than what you're actually doing. Yeah?
0: Yeah? Yep. Anyway. It's weird. It is weird. I hate it. I know. I'm just going to read one paragraph from it, though. Okay. I'll be honest. I'm definitely feeling a lot of emotions about it. I'm hopeful more than anything, as playing the NBA has been a big dream of mine. It's something I've been working extremely hard for. And after talking with my coaches and my family, I know it's something I'm ready for. From, from a basketball perspective, this is the move for me to make right now. And then in pre- parentheses. That's nice. Plus, I mean, if Mo can play in the league, obviously they'll take anyone. Whoa. Nice shade yeah, there. Yeah, so really took a shot at his older brother. Oh, wow. Yeah. So loser Mo Wagner winner brotherly love. That is cute, isn't it? Yeah. I do enjoy a good family ribbing. I enjoy reading that. But see, he's going to have to get a lot more sensitive
1: to get in the NBA because like, those guys are super sensitive about everything. He's going to, learn how to flop. You're gonna have to flop. Well, yeah. Moe is good at that. Yeah. But he's also just going to have to like be sensitive about all social media stuff. You ever say anything negative about somebody, like they're going to get pissed about it. I know. you think he finds a
0: role in the NBA? Do I think he finds a role? Yeah. I don't know. He's okay. After he had that bad shooting performance in the Elite He Really A's. shoot the ball well all year, to be honest. But that Elite A was off. He had that wide-open one. He was over, over to 10, a, right? To attempt to win the game, and he just left it about three feet short. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at – you
1: watch him play. If you were to just watch him play and you don't look at any of the stats, you, you watch him and you think, this guy looks like he's tailor-made for the NBA. Right? I mean, he's 6'8", 6'9". You know, he's he's pretty strong. He can, he can handle the ball. He can pass a little bit. Plays good defense, I think, for the most part. Um yeah, and then and then you look at the box score and it's three ele- three for eleven shooting or something, it's like what what? Mm-hmm. I just watch. My eyes aren't telling me that that you know, they there's like a disconnect there. So I I could see people kind of finding like a like an upside with him and I, I could see him being like a decent I feel like this is kind of the safe thing to, to say about almost every prospect is like I think he could be like a a decent role player. Yeah. And and then maybe there's some maybe there's some more upside there that he can kinda of tap into.
0: But then maybe he also will never leave the bench. Maybe he'll actually, maybe he'll actually be terrible. He'll get drafted by
1: the Kings or something. And the Kings will just round. stay bad. Yeah, you know, and like he'll be part of just why they're bad because he's just not very good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Michigan will be fine, I'll tell you that. But the
0: loser here is Mo Wagner. Yeah, suck it, Mo. <laughs> I like it. What else should we get into here, baby? Yeah, what do you got? Um, see, are we smart enough to get into the name, image, likeness? We're not lawyers here, so uh, this stuff's confusing. It is confusing. I know there has been
1: some news on that. I, I mean the the uh, you know the winds of the winds of change are blowing in college hoops, and the NAI the NIL kind of stuff is kind of coming
0: down the pike. Um, name, image, and likeness for people name, who don't image know. Likeness. Yeah, yeah so basically, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Okay, it's basically if they were to approve this, would allow players to profit off of their name, image, and likeness, which could include stuff like signing autographs. Selling merchandise, you know, with their, they could come up their own logo, sell merchandise with that. Um, That's those the first. Can they make money off of like if Ohio State wants to uh,
1: wants to sell DJ Washington, not DJ Washington, is that his name? DJ Dwayne Dwayne Washington. Dwayne Washington. Washington. They want to sell jerseys (laughs) at the Ohio State uh, student shop, you know, outside the inside the arena. Can that jersey now say Washington on it? And does he make money off of that? Or does it still have to have no last name?
0: I would guess the players could work out an agreement with, you know, like the bookstore or whatever. Like a percentage, maybe. Yeah. And then like get, do it I that one way. Percent of all your earnings or whatever, maybe? I'd almost feel like they'd have to supply that. Like, I feel like, say, if Joe Schmo wanted to sell merchandise, he'd have to you know, come up with his own company, hire his own staff, make his own merch, and then, you know, Provided to bookstore at Ohio State to sell, and then he gets whatever proceeds, or not whatever proceeds, whatever percentage of proceeds from it. It Doesn't seem like a lot of work. It does.
1: Now I'm wondering. I know, yeah, like if if you're playing at Memphis, and like that's where the home base of FedEx is in Memphis, Mm -hmm. uh, does Memphis want to uh, sponsor a player or something? Can they can they they... can they put a billboard with the picture of um, you know whoever Memphis's best player is? Can can they do that? And Boogie, remember Boogie, Boogie Ellis?
0: Boogie Ellis, we want you on the and billboard and, at FedEx. FedEx jobs, fourteen fifty per hour. You know, Boogie or, Ellis is right there. Or it's just ad, it's marketing. And it's like Boogie Ellis always delivers, just like FedEx. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then he and then he actually shipped out
0: of town, just just like <laughs> FedEx did. He said he's, he's on
1: out to LA. Um, but I, like that kind of thing. I, uh, think yeah, is I, what think could, I think you could. I think you
0: could be though. You could be like, what are they? Like marketable athletes. Yeah. Like Zion would be the most prominent college example in recent years. And I think, well, I think the problem
1: is that everybody sees what Zion was and they're like, well, see, I can do that then.
0: Yeah. It's not going to be it's like, like that forever. Well, yeah. People,
1: I think that's, I think some of these guys are kind of in for maybe a little bit of a rude awakening. And that's
0: why I think it could work the way it should because the best players will make the, more, the most money. Yes. Winning. I agree. Walk on person from. UMBC, the only team to ever beat a one seed in the tournament and then lose the following game, right? Um, oh, would yeah. not make any money. No, no, no,
1: not in not in Massachusetts,
0: Boston County. Yeah, that was something like that. I, think I was going to say is.
1: Massachusetts Boston College. No, I think it's Boston. Well. I think it's County. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Boston County. Yeah, Birch County, Boston yeah. County. I think it's Boston County. Okay, yeah, but it's U- University of
0: Massachusetts. Austin Fantastic County. County. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> yes. That kid is not making any
0: money. No. You know, or like maybe maybe like a really, maybe a very small deal, and that's how it should work. Like maybe he's on the McDonald's. Yep. Yeah. And the other side of this is, there's really no extra expense to the college athletic program itself.
1: No, exactly. But
0: these players are not on the on the school's payroll at all. No.
1: Yeah. No, they wouldn't be on the school's payroll, which which I think is good. And, and now some people will say. You'll hear, and I'm going to pick kind of a I'm going to pick kind of a straw man argument that I can see kind of popping up, or that you kind of you see sometimes. And that's well, this is only going to impact the big schools like Kentucky. Now are going to be able to get these guys way better deals. Duke's going to be able to get these guys way better deals. I actually think it's kind of I actually think this could maybe kind of even first off to to the folks that say that Kentucky already gets all the top recruits. Yep. Duke already gets all the top recruits. All those those big schools already eat first. I actually think this is a way that you could almost even those scales a little bit because do would you rather go be the third string quarterback at Alabama when you're a four star or would you rather go play at um, Wisconsin you know or Iowa or Minnesota like and we'll put you on a billboard you know Mm -hmm. Memphis we'll we'll get you on the FedEx thing yeah it could even FedEx Air Player of the Week is going to be the quarterback at Memphis every week because he's the one playing
0: whoever has the best boosters
1: well yeah that too. Uh, and that's gonna be that's gonna be the, the probably the can of worms that is gonna get open. But I mean, how much of that stuff is already happening anyway? Mm-hmm. Probably a lot. Yeah. But I, I do like it. I do think nil. If, if uh, my stance on this has always been, I, I don't care if players get paid. No. I don't. I mean, I don't. From a from a from a standpoint that I don't really care about the players if they want to get paid or not. It's you're playing college basketball, and if you're and if you're worth money, if someone's gonna pay for it. By all means, go ahead. Because it was a rule, I don't really have a problem with them not getting paid. Because you know what, no, no one's ever gotten paid before, so why does it matter? Right. But if they're but they're, if they're allowed to, I guess I'm okay with that. It's it's great if if someone's willing to pay guys, they they deserve to make some money off them off of it. And I do think this could benefit the sport because how many guys end up leaving? I think the biggest problem with college hoops. Now now not to mention the, the transfer portal. I guess before the transfer portal epidemic was that the, you'd have you'd have ninety guys enter the NBA draft every year. Mm-hmm. Well, only forty of those guys are getting drafted. You know, you've got probably another forty guys that are that are going and playing in the G League or trying to play overseas mm-hmm. and they just you never hear from them again. And but, it's because they just they just didn't want to play college anymore and they, and they, they wanted, wanted to go get some money.
0: Exactly. They well if out. you can
1: you can make money, you're not ever going to compete with first round salaries in the NBA. Zion Williamson is never going to stay in college, no matter how much NIL money he can make. But but can some guys who might have been a second round pick or you know an undrafted guy that goes to make thirty grand in the G League can it's he awesome. make that now in college and stay in college and be an all conference guy for
0: his team? Awesome. That makes college way better. It makes it more worth it for those athletes to stay for the junior or senior year because they are getting that paycheck. Exactly, one
1: hundred percent. Because so many of these guys, it's just that's the culture of hoops now. Is Marcus Carr. Is a, is a great example of this. And, and I know this because you know I follow the Gophers, but he's going to leave college basketball. He's not going to get drafted. You know, he's probably not really ever going to play in the NBA. He, he might, he might get a cup of coffee, you know, and lately late in the season when every team is basically tanking. But if he were able to make the amount of money that he could for his college team, I mean, Marcus Carr is the perfect example. He's one of the best players in the country. Like if he can make NIL money, he changes some college for, college program's fortunes. You know, if he goes to go to Kentucky, Kentucky would be the preseason top five team in the league, you know, mm-hmm. or in the in the country. Um, and he's going to leave because, well, he's he's twenty two and he's got to start making some money. Yeah. You know, so I, I do like it from that aspect. I, I do think you have to you have to kind of keep up. Unfortunately, you have to keep up with the Joneses, and the Joneses are the G League right now. Yeah. So, oh, I, think, I don't know if we covered anything about what the NIL is. Ha- I think well, it's it's happening though. That's the part of the thing is like
0: we could try. We're just butcher, You got, you got, you got other
1: reporters that like, are going to come and stuff.
0: You know, so like no we one need, listens
1: to this to hear about
0: that one topic, and we start of talking about it before the show. Um, like, there's five states that already have some like the state made laws to make NIL allowable or something. That that, that really right there really points to how much I know about this, which is very little. But those five states: Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, and New Mexico. Um, so my, my is a random one. Right? I know cuz like those other four are all like sort of SEC country. Yeah. New Mexico is not midwest, no, not no, no. like southwest. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. It's the newer Mexico. And yeah. Anyways, newer is always better apparently. True. But my question is um with those five states like when states come out with their own NIL laws do those basically supersede any college basketball amateurism rules? And is that why the NCAA is all of a sudden trying to fast track new NIL laws by, I think it was July 1st, Mark Emmerts came out and said that.
1: Yeah, I think they're trying to, I don't think they supersede NCAA rules. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the the drug, like drug rules. Like if, if um, you know, like weed is, is legal in certain states. But guys can fail drug tests for smoking sure. too much weed exactly or work, exactly. Well, it's legal, legal but, but my job, you know, but, but the A says it. you can't do it. So it's. Right. I think that's kind of that, um, in the spirit of that kind of idea. I think that's what the incident is So why are they is trying to fast track? Because I think all these states are starting to do it. So they're probably just like, we we can't have, in the, in the spirit of, if for competitive balance, you can't. I mean, if Florida can offer a kid... NIL stuff and Kentucky can't, they're directly recruiting the same kid. Right. You know, I, I just don't think.
0: Has a disadvantage in that case. Yeah,
1: so I just don't think the NCAA wants to deal with that. And NIL stuff's been coming down the pike anyway, so I think mm-hmm. they're like, oh, shit, we might as well just do it now. You know, these states are kind of pushing
0: our hand, are forcing our hand on this. Yep. Um, that's my understanding of it. Yeah. No, it's an interesting topic, and do you have anything else you want to add to it? I feel like we've said about as much as we can say somewhat intelligently on
1: it. Yeah, I mean, don't speak for yourself on the intelligence sound, I guess. <laughs> um, no, I have nothing else really to add to it. I mean, it's, it's coming down the pike. Who knows when? I mean, this stuff just moves so slow. The likelihood that it gets passed by July 1st feels like a really small number. I don't see that happening really quickly. Um, well, especially in the NCAA. They take... Frickin yeah, yeah they're extremely everything. slow on stuff. Yeah. So the fact that they got the one-time transfer thing already passed as quickly as they did is mm-hmm. is a big surprise. So I don't I don't know. It just um, goes to show they can know,
0: push it through if they need to.
1: Yes, that's true. And and, and they should because this should probably be the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. You know, It'll be interesting to see how quickly
0: other states now
1: because if we only have four or five. I think California was one that was, was the first one maybe
0: like last yeah, year. Yeah, I wonder why they're not on this list. It must, it must have been something else they did.
1: Well, these five, I think, just did it right now, right? Maybe in, in recent in recent like weeks or days.
0: Maybe, I guess I don't Could know. Maybe, but who knows?
1: It's coming, you know. And all these states are starting to make that move, so it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how what I mean. I'm sure there are unintended consequences that that people just haven't thought of, and we'll see. You know, buckle up. Yeah, big What do you think of Nolan Hickman to Gonzaga? Just announced. Yeah, think about that. Think about, uh, like, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago, the idea of a five-star or, like, a four, a four-and-a-half-star. Let's call him a four-and-a-half-star. Because depending on if you like Nolan Hickman or don't like if you like him, he's a five-star. Because he had committed to Kentucky, right? Correct? He was committed to Kentucky. Decommitted. Decommitted and commits to Gonzaga. Yeah. Think about that. Gonzaga poaching a turning, a Kentucky player. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen very often. No, you think about this all the time in football. Like Minnesota will will get a commitment from from a three star kid out of out of Georgia, and and he's and he and every time it seems like he has success, everybody is thinking like oh shit oh shit now now the big schools are going to start coming for him right and and like Georgia will start recruiting and Florida State will start recruiting and you're thinking like it's only a matter of time we're, we're not getting this kid. That's the other way. Like Gonzaga, they've gone from the hunter, to the, they've gone from the
0: hunted to the the hunter mm-hmm. on the recruiting trail. Yeah. They're stealing kids from Kentucky. they got the world is upside down. They just got annihilated in the national championship game. They lose. Jalen Suggs is gone. Um, you can pick up some pick up some other names there that, that are gone. They return Drew Timmy. They return um uh, Julian Strother. He probably won't crack the starting lineup, but he'll be a good ro- rotational player. They return Nemhard, returning guard, starting mm-hmm. guard. Um they get the number one recruiting in the nation, Chet Holmgren. They get Hunter Salas, a swing top man. ten guy. Yep, Nolan Hickman, a four star point guard. You have another four star, uh, Caden Perry, a center for some depth. This team's gonna be good next year. Yeah. Breaking news: Gonzaga's is gonna be really good. Um, they're gonna be preseason
1: probably top three at worst. Yeah. The talent on paper is is massive, and <clears throat> it's it's interesting. I've been I've been kind of thinking about this a little more in in recent, probably in the last like month, I guess. Gonzaga's never really had one and done type of talent. So, you know? Is
0: Suggs the first?
1: Suggs, I'm trying he, I know he's their highest rated recruit, probably their first ever like five star. You know, and now Holmgren kind of wands up and he's the literal number one rated recruit. Mm-hmm. One and done for sure. Hunter Salas, I I don't I don't know if he's a one and done, but I mean he's a top ten recruit. Generally, when kids are rated that high, the likelihood that they're staying for more than one year is, is smaller.
0: I wonder if we looked at past five years what percentage of five-star players which is usually about 25 players yeah what percentage each year goes to the nba is it 80 90 uh i don't know if it's quite that high but it's probably Six. in like the 60 to
1: 70 range yeah. I bet. it's pretty high yeah and, and some of those guys do well in their first year in college and some don't and they leave anyway that's just yeah. kind of how it goes mm-hmm. um but Gonzaga is no longer that plucky kind of underdog little engine that could kind of program. Mm-hmm. And, and you wonder, like, at what point, I think some very few programs have been able to live this kind of way, getting these kinds of kids. It's hard, you know, and, and these kids come in with certain expectations and certain personalities. They've been built up their whole lives and, and, and they've been told certain things about, you know, what they expect. I know Villanova went through this uh, about 10 years ago. They had their, their that kind of run when they had Randy Foy, mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, Allen Ray. They, they kind of burst okay. onto the scene, and over the subsequent kind of four or five years, they were recruiting recruiting rankings, recruiting five star kids, and the success wasn't coming because they weren't kids that fit into what their kind of Villanova Villanova culture was. Right, they were getting kids that that were more focused on me. Right, I I need to get drafted high. I'm going to Villanova, but I'm not actually here to play for Villanova. I'm here to to build my brand. Right and boost my my NBA stock. And they weren't having a ton of success because of that. Then they flip. And now Villanova, as we were talking about a couple weeks ago, they don't really hit the five-star recruiting rankings a lot. They get your four-star kids who are going to be there two, three years. They kind of grow these guys. And they've had a ton more success. It'll be interesting to see if Gonzaga can live in this five-star world where they're getting these guys who don't want to be in college for very long. Mm -hmm. Chad Holmgren does not want to be in college Mm -hmm. for very long. Jalen Suggs, from the second he... Mm -hmm became probably a sophomore in high school had one and done on his mind to the NFL. Yeah. 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 Um, You know, they're getting guys who, who aren't there to be at Gonzaga. They're there to be professional basketball players eventually. And, And now, you know, that may lose its, they've probably lost a little bit of the charm along the way that they're no longer kind of this plucky, getting the two stars, turn them into four stars, kind of cute club that, that does well. That might be what it takes though to win titles. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, you gotta get your hands a little dirty. And by hands getting dirty, I mean getting five stars on highly talented, maybe unsavory personalities sometimes. It's not to say every five stars a, a douchebag, a lot of them are. Yeah. But they've they've definitely churned. And Nolan Hickman is another one. I mean, you're stealing kids from Kentucky. That's just that's crazy to think about. Yeah. Not
0: but, that Kentucky's hurting. It's interesting, you know, we've talked about you know, the way to build national title team is to have that good mix of returning Veteran leadership and you know solid freshmen coming in like two, three, four guys, right? And I just pulled up twenty four seven recruiting rankings by team, and we see Gonzaga, who we just talked about, number three. They've got a great class and they have great guys returning next year. Tennessee, who we talked about earlier, they don't have as good of guys um, returning, but they have the number two class this year. Really good for on the twenty four seven sports. Yep. Uh, Michigan, number one right now, and that's. There's not a lot of players remaining uncommitted, and definitely not guys who are going to swing these rankings very much.
1: No, Patrick Baldwin would have would have swung Duke probably into number one for sure. Yeah, but there you're right. There, Ty Ty Washington was another five star who just went to Kentucky. But there aren't a lot of guys. No, you're right. The, what those what those ranking numbers are like is the way they're probably going to stay by by freshman recruiting
0: rankings. Yeah, the transfer market's still got some players, but and but, but Michigan, yeah. another team with a couple solid returner, good core. Yep. Hunter, guys like Hunter Dickinson. Um, is, is Eli Brooks the one who Eli Brooks is coming back? And they for, got a and they got a couple of rec, uh,
1: transfers yeah. and Devontae so, Jones. And I believe they're still on the hunt for for a couple other
0: guys as well. Yeah. And then the number one class right yeah. now, uh, Duke number four. We were talking about them earlier. Some good returning guys. Great class coming in. So I mean, if you're looking for like got teams who were arguing about who are going to be like the number one and two seeds come tournament time, look at those four four teams right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look at the teams that are going to, I always, I always think about this. Like you don't generally want to rely on freshmen unless those freshmen are legitimate, like top, let's call them 50 prospects. Mm -hmm. You know, some guys come in and that, you know, that 100 ring, we all know like there's a guy who's who's like 150th and he, he turns into a starter and a really good player, but it's just easier to win without, without relying on freshmen. If you have freshmen, like what what Duke and Michigan and Gonzaga have, where freshmen who give them kind of you've got a you've already got kind of an established floor by having Drew Timmy and Andrew Nemhard and and getting uh, Rasir Bolton as a transfer and, and the players in place give them an established floor. Well, now Chet Holmgren and Salas and some of those other guys raise whatever your ceiling was up a notch. Mm-hmm. That's what Jalen Suggs did for last year's Gonzaga team. Without Jalen Suggs, insert another. Good, not great freshman. Well, it's probably a
0: Sweet 16 team. Memhard's a point guard if he's Yeah. If they don't have Suggs.
1: You have, you have a good team, right? Yeah. A Sweet 16 team. Yep. With Suggs, it was a, a team that got to the title game. Exactly. And, and that's, I think, what that high-end kind of upper echelon freshman talent can give you. And you need that. You know, not a lot of teams have won titles in recent years without without that kind of next-level talent. But you know, relying on them is is just a you're – you're leaving yourself without a lot of – wiggle room, I would say.
0: Yeah.
1: That's what i get into. Any more rule changes? I know some of that stuff is, uh, yeah. has been pushed into the forefront of the news.
0: Yeah.
1: We talked about it a little bit a couple of pods ago, about the, the fouls and, like, the... Uh, and I don't think we got on flopping. I don't think we got on
0: flopping. Yeah, what is, what is the one on flopping? So I see you pulled up a list there, and it's got flopping, and I'm, I'm intrigued. It's saying flopping will earn a technical foul, which, did the NBA ever do that, or is, is it a warning there?
1: Yeah, it was a couple of years ago, right, that they came out with that, like, we're going to issue warnings, and I feel like they did it once, and then they're like, holy shit, all of our stars flop like crazy, so we can't give them and all tees. And then they
0: complain.
1: <laughs> and they complain about every single thing. Yeah. yeah. So, they stopped doing that. that yeah. This is one of those things that I, I like. I like the idea of charging a guy a technical if they flop. But we bitch about how terrible refs are all the time. Do we mean, Do we actually think refs are going to be able to do this effectively?
0: I think it's going to turn into the NFL with Reviewing pass interference calls from a couple seasons ago, where it's like one season it's going to be bullshit they, and then it's going to go away. Well, like the NFL did it with the right intentions in mind, yeah, but they made like the criteria for overturning a call so ridiculous. They don't want to make their refs look like bad. like if it was a no call for pass interference, is based almost like ninety percent. It was like the criteria was the the defender had to like come and like swing a bat at the guy's head. You have to murder that. Yeah. on the field. <laughs> oh, was basically the criteria. Yeah. It was so ridiculous, and there's one that should have been overturned. I think that's what's going to happen here. It's got to be so much unbelievably blatant. Yeah, exactly. You're
1: you're (laughs) trying to judge a player's intent, and no matter the amount of times you look at replay, you don't know what's going through a guy's head if he flops. Is it going to be a review thing? Can they review this? I I don't know. Yeah, probably, my guess is, and how long is that going to take? Part of the charm of college basketball games is, like,
0: they get over in two hours. My guess isn't there a rule where it's like you have to call a flagrant to review it in some cases? What if you have to call it a flop and a technical, and, then, you and, can and und- then and then undo it by
1: reviewing? See, I hate that because how many guys are then going to get flops because they're like, "Wow, well, we call them. We can't. We can't. You know, there's. We can't now change it, right? Because we don't want to make our rust look bad. Yeah, and they're going to look bad you know anyway without the intention of looking bad. Now they're just going to look bad because they are bad. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I like I like the idea because yeah, flopping sucks. You know, I actually don't think there's as much flopping in college, though, as there is in the NBA. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm just kind of blind to it. And maybe they're just not as good at acting it. But, mm-hmm. well, no, that, if you're if you're good at acting about it, you're not – then I'm okay with it.
0: Right. So what
1: sucks about the NBA guys is, like, I do one of these little soft pushes, and the guy wow. looks like they got shot. And it's like, come on, man. Like, Jimmy Butler, you're 6'8", 230, and you looks like you're chiseled from stone. A small little tap from a guy who's 190 pounds should not knock you back six right. feet. I don't- you know, college guys. I, I don't think they're as good at that. So it's like, it's a lot of times pretty obvious. And and I guess if a player flops, if you just no call it, isn't? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many players flop like crazy. You know, I guess. Yeah. Is
0: it is it even that big of a problem? With college guys? That's
1: what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like I don't that, I don't what's know. What's the point here? Okay. I mean, I think I think the the thing that they probably are trying. Maybe what they're trying to knock out. Maybe the. Maybe the rule that they're actually trying to kind of undermine here with the flopping is all of the charges that were kind of a big issue last year, mm-hmm. right every game it seems like was impacted by by charges and maybe a lot of people I think a lot of people charges are kind of synonymous with flopping mm-hmm. right oh, you slide your feet, you get knocked over you're that's a flop
0: no, not yeah. all the time
1: yeah, yeah right I mean I mean sometimes sometimes it can be you're right um but see refs have to like be good at their jobs and discern is that a flop or is that a charge? And I I don't know if they're good enough to do that. No. You know yeah. that's what that's what gives me pause on this rule being
0: the actual execution of it. Yeah. Uh the next one, tweaking the timeout is what it's called, and I'm just gonna read through it again quick. But basically, if a coach called a timeout at the 18 minute mark, it will serve as the under 16 media timeouts. So, they, so for those who don't know, you may know it's about every four minutes during college basketball games. There's just a random timeouts. Well, those are called media timeouts. So that. The TV channel, the networks air in the games can make money on advertisements, is my understanding. Commercials. Yeah, Exactly. Um, so basically, it's under 16, under 12, under 8 minutes and under 4 minutes. The first dead ball whistle is just a timeout. Yep. Uh, but So that's what this is saying. And this rule change is if there is a coach who calls a timeout at about, I don't know, 1730, they will just use that as the under-16 media timeout. Now, I don't know where this gives me confusion, and we can come back to this later, is do the coaches then get the timeout back if they're going to use it for a media timeout? I'm guessing not. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused that, too. Because how many timeouts do coaches get in a basketball game? Do they get five? Five, I believe. I think okay. NBA is And it's kind of a
1: user lose it thing in the first half, right? So you get five total. I think that's
0: in the NBA only. That you that's just the NBA. Okay. Yeah.
1: So if each coach gets five timeouts... And we have a 16, 12, 8, and 4. So we have 8 total stoppages for TV timeouts. That's 18 potential times that the game can be stopped with a timeout slash TV timeout. Mm -hmm. Are they just trying to cut that number down? They gotta be. Is that what the the goal is? Yeah. I'm okay with that. Less stoppages. You know? and, And to be honest with you, I guess... I say that and, and I guess I'm okay with that, but I also wonder I feel like coaches... this is another thing where I feel like every coach or a vast majority of coaches save all their timeouts for the yeah. final three, four minutes anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not gonna make that much of a difference anyway. I, I don't think so. Maybe maybe you have those you have those every once in a while kind of a game where a coach will burn three timeouts in the first half to try to keep his team from getting its ass kicked. Mm-hmm. You really
0: end up getting its ass kicked anyway. Yep. You see tons when maybe this is just North Carolina, but Roy would like to use one at the end of half to try and set, drop a play. May, so maybe it is use it or lose it then if he's using it then. Maybe. Yeah, I have feeling a feeling they are because then it you get four bad. in the
1: second half. Yeah. But, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this one, it's kind of one of those it's like, all right, I don't know if it's going to change much. No. It's going to be kind of annoying if... Uh, if uh, we get the Greg Popovich kind of thing where he calls a timeout nine seconds into the second half after they give a bucket and it's kind of the, is anyone going to fucking try kind of timeout? <laughs> <laughs> That's a TV timeout nine seconds <laughs> into the second half but, um, after we had a 15-minute halftime. Okay, I like it then. That's true. And then we that, go, then we okay. go all the way to the under 12. That's Whoa. where I do
0: like it then is when… Then
1: we uh, get a big stretch uh, of time.
0: A coach, so I have say past years, you know, a coach calls a timeout with 16-15 left. Yeah, and then and then they come back. They come back, play a couple I, of possessions. Ball goes out of bounds. Fifteen fifty two. Exactly. 16. And it's like there's thirty seconds of gameplay in a ten minute span. Yeah, I do hate that. So that'll go away then. All that build up for just like ten seconds of goodness.
1: Yep. I don't know. It's so frustrating sometimes. <laughs> you know. Yep. Uh, so I like this
0: rule. Yeah, I do too. I've okay. talked to myself back into it. <laughs> um, the next one, tenths of a second shown in the shot clock. I feel like that really only matters. If the ball goes out of bounds, with like, it says one second on the shot clock, and you're thinking, oh, is it one point four or is it like point eight? Okay, so they have shot clocks, and it starts with the thirty, and then
1: yeah. down, and then it's going to be like zero point nine eight seven six five four three twenty.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's going to be a big investment on the schools' part to get new scoreboards on.
1: So score yeah, scoreboards can't.
0: They don't have that fu- that function. They don't have seven decimal points on their shot clock. Is what I'm saying. Wow,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that one, I guess that's interesting. It's I don't not that interesting. They actually. wouldn't go seven decimal much. points anyway. But. No, I guess
0: <laughs> that joke went right over my head. Yes, thank you. All right, you're funny. <laughs> well, moving on, technology on the sideline. basically. I'm, <laughs>
1: I'm here for this
0: one. I'm guessing this is you know how like in NFL they have like the tablets they can like go back and look. The Aaron Rodgers meme where he's looking at it, he just jumps yeah, exactly. it down. Which, speaking of which, how many times did Jim Beheim just toss on the floor? Oh, he would – he'd go through so many. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure it's just so <laughs> coaches can look at some replays and, like, call players to sideline when they play bad and go, yeah, this is what you're doing. Don't do that.
1: Yeah, it's probably more of an assistance kind of thing. Than...
0: Yeah. Okay. Or, or Or coaches want to check their Tinder.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Now, do you think coaches are into Tinder? Or do you think Bumble, Farmers Only, Christian Mingle – What do you think is the go-to for college coaches? Like if we had to make like a, if you had to do like kind of a pie
0: chart of percentages uh, of of kind of
1: the,
0: um, the dating apps. My pie chart would be, it'd be 80% Tinder. Really? 80% and it's in like blue. Okay. And then the 20%, I just bit my tongue there. 20% is red and it's Tinder, but in red. Tinder, but in red. (laughs) I knew you were going there. (laughs) Wow. So you don't think any of them are into the farmers
1: only? It's, no, it's between Tinder and mobile. You know what they need to do is they need, it. see, they need to go, we need a dating app that focuses on quality, not quantity. Mm-hmm. If you have one photo that shows us everything we need to see, Whoa, okay, that, that, sounds, yeah, that sounds bad. And <laughs> what I mean by that is we need to see the entire body because I'm tired of, okay, again, I don't know how to make this sound better. Thanks. thanks it needs to show thanks. not just the neck end up. I need to see, uh, you know, like all the, you know, how many times you get bamboozled by a guy who, you know, he carries all of his. All of his weight, or a woman, carries, you know, doesn't have any weight in their neck and their face, but it's all down there. They fool you. Sure. Have a take on this. You have to.
0: <laughs> no. Tell me it's true. It is true, though. Thank you. You don't get to say it, though. You're married. Fair. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. I know. I have nothing for that. Would I was have thought about. we were going to get on
1: Tinder. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Fire one up right now. Do you want to talk about Will Wade? Sure. How interesting was it? By all accounts, Efton Reed basically told Pitt, I'm coming there. Yeah. And then he just surprised the world, goes with Will Wade, the king of bag droppers, yeah. and commits to LSU. Yeah. For those who don't know,
1: Will Wade is the head coach at LSU. He is the one who, over the last year here, there's been a lot of talk about the FBI kind of uh, wiretaps wiretapping scandal where, where these coaches who are paying players... Uh, were caught on wiretaps, basically admitting so. Will Wade was one who was kind of the poster child for it. He was recruiting a, a player, and he, he says something to the effect of, "We've made him a really good offer. Really made him a strong ass offer." Which, how is he still Why?
0: coaching there? I don't get it. I,
1: I don't really understand that either. Um, certainly because he's that good of a coach. You know, you know? He's, they're okay, but I don't know. Feels like he underachieves with the talent he yeah. pays for. Right. You know, he's not getting his money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> anything else? But. Efton Reed, who is a like a five star uh, recruit, one of the one of the top remaining players yep. uncommitted here uh, as of a couple of weeks ago, uh, was was going to commit, and he had a weird recruitment. Mm-hmm. The amount of schools recruiting him and, and was he just, committed
0: somewhere else first? What was it? Yeah.
1: I think a lot of people thought he was going to elect to go to that G League program, because okay. uh, and then and then Pittsburgh was in on him. I think uh, Ohio State, Florida State, maybe. North Carolina, I think, had a little bit of interest late. LSU kind of came out of nowhere for the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like you said, he had told them he was going to probably go to Pittsburgh. He he had moved his commitment dates from, like, he originally was going to commit, I think, sometime in March. He decides, nope, not committing in March. Then it was, I'm going to commit on May, whatever the date was. Uh, the day comes, no commitment. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's going on? And then all it comes out that he he had told Pittsburgh that hey I'm going to commit to Pitt, and uh, later that weekend, go Tigers, yep. go with the X, you know they spell T E like A U X, Yep. go go Tigers, go Tigers, yeah. So it, that's it's the 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 bag dropping thing writes itself, right? I mean those all those
0: jokes are just right. There. It's so obvious. Well, it's also ironic. The person who gets the short end of the stick there is another guy who has sort of had that bag-dropping mantra at Duke, Jeff Capel. As yeah. As being sort of like the lead recruiter at Duke all those years. Yep, is now he's the, head, the one getting all these guys. Yep, is now, now the head coach of Pittsburgh. because hasn't really had much success. It's of underwhelming for them. people sort of calling for his head. As a head coach, he has been, <laughs> always, <clears> throat> been throat> always underwhelming. Yeah. His, his only good teams a, were Oklahoma with Yeah, he was Oklahoma before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sort of ironic that the person who gets the short on the stick of this is sort of someone with the same bag-dropping tendencies as Will Wade. He got outbagged, dropped. Yeah. You got got bid. Will Wade beat Jeff Capel at Jeff Capel's game.
1: Yeah. Not only beat any other coaches at the game of basketball this, this winter, but I think is going to have a decent enough team. They always seem to. He, he but, basically gets talented players, and he just doesn't, he just doesn't I, coach them coachable. But what you are know, they, the fifth,
0: sixth best team in
1: the SEC? Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. They're probably a tournament team is like an eight or nine seed again, yeah, just like they
0: were last year. Exactly. So they're not going to be that. Sorry. This might be an old takes exposed on uh, Twitter. They're not going to be that good. It, I mean, it depends on what you're looking at Is what's your version of
1: that good. You know, if you're paying for a bunch of guys, wouldn't you want to, like, pay for, like, really good guys? Exactly. You know?
0: They're not paying for top five recruits. They're paying. Is he, he is a five-star, I think. He's, like, it, a top 20 issue. Yeah, recruit, exactly. Right? I mean, not... he's, like, a four-and-a-half-star guy. He's, like, he's probably going to be, like, okay.
1: Yeah. You know? Adam Miller is the guy that they got in the transfer portal. That's right. Uh, Xavier Pinson, as well, from Missouri, they got... So, I mean, they got, they got some pieces. They're going to be like a decent team, but as we've kind of talked about, the SEC is going to be stacked. I mean, yeah. Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, I think Auburn's going to be good. Florida's always good. We were just talking about it. could be 10, the eighth best You're just talking team. about Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know what you're – I just don't know what the end game is here, and, and you do. You wonder, when's Will Wade? I mean, at some point here, doesn't LSU just have to say, all right, Enough. Of it. I mean, maybe they like it. I don't know. Does he actually coach this team this year? Yeah, I mean, okay, I haven't he heard will. any. I'm I haven't sure. heard anything about. It, it feels like there was like a year ago when all of this stuff kind of came out <clears throat> with the with the Andre Dawkins. Yeah, because there's a stuff. There, there's an HBO
0: that aired that documentary.
1: Yeah, there's a documentary basically covering all this stuff. Yeah. They had the guy who was on kind of the inside of and all it was this. Very
0: underwhelming. I watched it. It wasn't. I, I didn't catch it. it, wasn't um, like it. Don't watch it. Don't feel like I missed out. I got yeah.
1: better stuff to watch. I've been watching Justified a lot lately. Justified. Pretty good. You ever heard of it?
0: I have not. I have,
1: it's, kind of it. a profi- it's kind of a procedural cop kind of situation where he's, he's kind of a gunslinging U.S. Marshal guy, mm-hmm. and he goes back to kind of Hickville, Kentucky.
0: Ooh, and
1: uh, it's a little different. Yeah, it's a little different. different. He's been in. He's been based in like Miami. He, he shoots too many people. He's, he's too too quick on the draw. So they send him back to Hickville, Kentucky, where he's kind of from. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay. You know, it's got some. It's got some humorous moments. Got some some good action. It's Is it you who watches it, or you and the wife? I watch it, and the wife will occasionally watch it before she falls asleep.
0: Okay. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it. it's not bad. Yeah, put it that way. <laughs> okay. Oh, worth it. watching. Check it out. What were we talking about again? I oh, don't You want to get out of here? Sure. All right. See you guys next week. Bye.